Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. Having a vision isn't just for people like Oprah Winfrey, Walt Disney, and George Lucas. It's for you, too. In fact, having a vision for your life and career at Parkland USA is very important, and it's also important to have a plan to make it real. Enter Lewis Hogg, Director of Supply here at Parkland USA. He has a helpful strategy for you, and he shares that through his big vision that he created for his life and how he achieved it. Enjoy. Hey, Lewis, welcome to the Winning Drive podcast. Thanks, Ben. Glad you're here today. So let's kick this thing off. What's your role at Parkland? So, uh... I um, run the Houston office for the domestic uh, U.S. Parkland business. It's a relatively new office in the Parkland family. It's been here for only about two and a half years. Um, And my title is uh, the Director of Supply for Parkland USA. Director of Supply. And I can tell by your accent, you must be from Texas originally. Um, actually Alabama. <laughs> That's where I'm from. <laughs> there you go. We have some, <laughs> I'm from, I'm from the UK originally. Um, so we, we can get into that a little bit later, but I've, I've been in the U S now, for uh, 14 years. Uh, so at this point I'm pretty much Texan. All right. Well, I expect a few y'alls to come out during the episode then. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Let's dive in a little bit into that. Where did you grow up and what was your first job? So I grew up in a city in England called Bradford. Um, It's in um, a part of the country called Yorkshire, which is the north of England. Um, It's actually a beautiful place to grow up. It's kind of countryside, a lot of kind of rolling hills, very green, very typical England. Um, And... a lot, a lot of, you know, farmland, cows and sheep. So, yeah, pretty pretty area of, of the UK. Um, I, I moved down to the city, to London, like after I went to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ha- kind of had the both, both sides of the coin there from countryside to city life there. And so was your first dra- job in the agricultural world? Since that's what's going well, on, that was what was going on up in uh, Bradford? No, I did. I had a, a lot of buddies there that, um, you know, were, were part of farming families. Um, I, I wasn't, but my first job, uh, I actually worked in a Pepsi factory. So oh. Oh. right there. Um, and my job was to stand like by the conveyor belts as the, the Pepsi bottles and the other brands were coming by. And my job was to pull off the rejects from that line. So if, the Pepsi bottle was like shattered a little bit. If the, the cap hadn't gone on, you know, in, in some cases, like there would be like a snail on the bottle or in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, no, true story. A snail. I didn't know snails liked Pepsi so much. I guess so. There's a, it's very, <laughs> very rainy and wet in England. So oh, yeah. There are a lot of snails around. All right. So, Fast forward a little bit here. You have a master's degree, as I saw on, on, over on LinkedIn. 
in math from Oxford. And I think this is pretty interesting because one, you're director of supply, but on the other side, people may not know that you are a master of math. How do you apply your math wizardry in your current role? Well, honestly, mo- most of the stuff that I learned uh, in my degree at Oxford, I don't use in my job. And I think <laughs> what, what's more important is street smarts, um, you know, relationship building, you know, and part of the business. The one part I use, I think, probably in in supply is just like quick, quick thinking, um, mental arithmetic, that kind of math, but really like all the kind of wizardry stuff that they, you know, tried to teach us is kind of um, not that usable in the real world, to be honest. So when you got that master's, were you thinking you would become a professor of math one day or what was your, what was your motivation to go all the way? Well, it was something like math was something that just came easy to me. Like I was, I was pretty bad at, you know, history and not that great at, <laughs> you know, so, you know, math was the one thing that, that kind of clicked for me. So I followed it through. I, you know, it's fun when you can, you can solve problems and a lot of, a lot of math is just about solving problems. Oh, nice. uh, so, you know, like, you know, that, that again is another aspect, I think, of the discipline you learn and in that kind of, um, you know, education in, in real life, right? It, it's, it's a problem world in the supply chain. Like hmm. what we, it's a, it's a lot of different fuel prices, a lot of different, um, ability to look at, you know, different options, uh, to supply different areas in the country. Um, you know, and, and applying the logic and, um, you know, quick thinking behind it is, is pretty hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. How you've taken your interest in math and and you're you're tapping into the analytical side of it, the logic side of it, and you probably use that an awful lot during your day. Yes, sir. Uh, solve the solve the supply problem. Agreed. Yep. And it's really kind of nice, at least sometimes, when there's a, a supply problem rather than a demand problem. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's. It's much more enjoyable when you're dealing with a real life, you know, thing, right? Like if you're just given a piece of paper and some numbers and like it, it doesn't mean anything, then, yeah. you know, it, it's less enjoyable. And you can say the same for, you know, looking at you know, the, the FX market or the stock market or the bond market, like it's not, it's not necessarily tangible. It's just numbers flying around. In our world, we get to see, you know, real, real oil, like sitting in a tank, get lifted by a Parkland truck, hmm. taken to a mm-hmm. Parkland region, sold at a profit, money in the bank, you know, and there's, and there's human elements to that entire chain. So yeah. the logic and math that we're applying, like it's, it's real physical commodities. So it's, it's really interesting. We are looking for drivers. Know a safe CDL licensed driver? Refer them to Parkland USA, and if we hire them, you'll get an employee referral bonus. Bonuses range from $1,000 to $2,000, depending upon the rock and the need for drivers. Please spread the word and let your dispatcher or people and culture manager know of any potential leads. You are listening to the Wedding Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. 
So let's fast forward a little bit. What, what's been your journey to Parkland ever since you, I guess you left, left Pepsi at, at a, some point, stop, stop identifying the snails on the conveyor <laughs> and yeah. uh, mastering math. What was next and what, what brought you to Parkland? Yeah, the Pepsi factory was like a two month gig. So, uh, but that was my first job. <laughs> so, yeah, my path, a, a long story. So, um, before I was born, um, my parents did live in the US for, li- for a little while. Uh, they lived in Ohio. Um, so, as I was, you know, being raised in the UK, you know, we spent, you know, family time and um, vacations in the US quite often. They had some friends that were still up in the in the Ohio area, you know, and we traveled across the US a couple of times going to, you know, the national parks and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I was always really kind of integrated and wanted to move to the US because I had this love from, you know, experiencing it through my parents. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got an opportunity. I was working in London. Um, for um, a company called Morgan Stanley, um, which is uh, obviously a bank, but I was working in that oil division. Um, and I had an opportunity there to, to transfer to their New York office. Uh, this is back in 2006. Um, and, you know, I, I grabbed it. Like, it was, it was my dream. Like, it was always my dream to be able to, you know, spend time in the U.S., live in the U.S., you know, I, I never knew whether I'd be there long term or not, but I knew I wanted to to try it out. You know, I, I had that bug in me from childhood, and uh, yeah, lucky enough, like you know, transfer went well. Um, you know, I, I ended up getting a, a green a green card. You know, through my through my work there. Um, you know, and I you know became part of the big wide immigrant family into the U.S. to you know stay. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've had a couple of other jobs since that time, uh, but eventually moved down to Houston, uh, to work for Parkland two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my, my kids, two of my kids were born here in Texas. Um, and yeah, no, love, love it so far. And, you know, really, really proud to be part of the, the growing team. So reflecting back over your interesting career there, Lewis. What's the advice that you'd give your younger self? Yeah, no, that's a that's a tricky one. I mean, I think I think the key one is um, don't be too upset by any failures that you have. Um, you know, in the moment as you're growing up, you know, in whatever walk of life, whatever industry you're in you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have failures mm. and mm-hmm. you can think really hard at the time. You can feel that, that stress, you know, and, and everyone's been through those times. Um, and you can take it, you know, you can take it really personally. You can be really disappointed in yourself. You can be frustrated at others. You know, there's, there's a lot of different reactions to it, but in the end, I think, you know, failures are, you know, a really, really good learning lesson. One of the best learning lessons, um, and I think without failure, you can't have, you know, ultimate true success, right? Like you, you have to learn from, from those. Um, and so, I, think, okay. I think the other thing I would say also is, you know, no, no goal is unattainable. I, I think 
you know, if you put the work in and you put your mind to something, you know, you, you can make it happen. I always wanted to move to the US, right? And I and I kind of knew that from a young age. And, you know, I, I worked my butt off and, you know, got myself, you know, was was lucky enough to be in a place where I had a job, you know, a job opening came up and I was eligible for that. But you can't you can't do it without a vision, a dream, um, and putting the work in. Yeah, I love it. So you had a vision that you'd be working as an executive or professional here in the U.S. And darn it, you made it happen. What's your big goal in the future uh, now that you've got your vision for? I mean, I think just to continue to grow as a as a leader. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have a a great office here in Houston. I think about you know going back a year, we probably only had eight people here in the Houston office. Today, we have twenty five. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Really expanding fast. Were um, you know, plans to, to to grow into more regions to add value to different sectors and organization as well. And you know, I'm just I'm looking forward to to kind of leading the group here. Um, you know, learning more from them as as well as you know passing on the knowledge that I have to to kind of spread the, um, the growth plan around. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the word vision because, you know, that's the first step of leadership, whether it's from a personal standpoint or with your team, is you got to have a vision. You got to have somewhere to lead things. And I love how you started personally, and now you've kind of taken that into the professional realm. Uh, that is that is really, really cool. So the first thing you mentioned on the piece of advice, though, is to don't take uh, or don't be upset as much about failure and see it as an opportunity to learn. Uh, when's the time that you had a twist or failure in your, in your career and how did that lead to your success on down the road? Well, I think, you know, the, the biggest failures, um, that I can think of and, you know, I probably, probably have a lot and I think, you know, everyone probably has a lot of things you can look at and say, well, I, w- I wish I'd done that better and, you know, missed opportunity or, um, you know, even lost a job, like those kind of things. For me, like the biggest failures have been when you you lose people um, mm-hmm. that, you, that you value and respect as colleagues, um, because you're always going to feel like you you didn't do enough for those folks. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think it's really helped me now as a leader to to kind of spend more time on the human side of the business uh, to make sure that people want to be part of the team. Uh, they're happy coming to work every day, and most importantly, that they enjoy being together. Because yeah. as we, you know, we spend more time together. Certainly, in in our role in in Houston, more time together as a, you know, as colleagues, as friends, you know, in the office than we do with mm. our own family. Mm. So you know, you you really want to you want to nurture that side of the business and, and make sure you understand everyone's personal situation, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the good and the bad and, and, you know, just, just be kind to each other. So the twist was losing some key players on your team and recognizing the advantage of developing the human side of, of business or the human side of, of your approach to retain those leaders. It sounds like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a great message for everyone here at Parkland because you know, it's so easy to get caught up in your day to day, whether you're, you know, out driving a truck or you're, you know, a, a dispatcher or an office somewhere, get to know your colleagues. I mean, it, it's such a huge opportunity 
to, to build camaraderie, to build trust, and just to establish yourselves as a team. And uh, it's just too easy to, too easy to forget that. I mean, I, obviously Parkland has got so many great growth goals out there, but don't forget to get to know your coworkers and the other leaders across the organization. Now, in terms of getting to know people, let's get to know you a little bit more, Lewis, by uh, maybe sharing a little bit about what you like to do outside of work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm first and foremost a, a big family person. So I have three kids, um, a, a girl, Grace, who's 10, uh, Hayden, a boy who's seven, and then a little Ava, who's five years old. Um, I love spending time with them. Like I, I you know, try, and, try and do as many activities as possible you know, with them. Um, you know, they'll, they'll get frustrated with me sometimes on the weekend, be like, like, dad, why do we have to go out again? Like, you know, I'm, I always want to, you know, get out of the house and, and do things with them. Um, <laughs> keep them running, and, huh? I like it. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a good example of that, like, I mean, I also, I, I really love motorsports. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, other than like a little bit of karting when I was, um, smaller in the UK, like I don't really participate in, in motorsports, but I love following motorsports and, in, in a couple of weeks here, I'm going to be taking my son Hayden to his first uh, Formula One Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. So How started, fun. Started to bond with him and have that family time and, you know, pass on that passion that, uh, that I've had you know, since I was a kid as well. So what is your preference on the car, on the car racing front? NASCAR, Formula One, or what, or what is it? I mean, I, I, I love all forms of racing. Like I've, um, I've been to, um, an IndyCar race here in the U S a couple of IndyCar races. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the Indianapolis 500 once, um, oh, and incredible events like the fans, um, the atmosphere and just the kind of history behind it. Um, but because, because I'm, you know, kind of from the UK, like I grew up with formula one, um, you know, and it's just so fun to see them them go to all the different countries. And I'm super excited now that um, Formula One's kind of, you know, made a home in, in Austin, Texas. And actually next year, there's going to be a race in uh, Miami, Florida as well. Mm. Um, Formula One's definitely getting a, a kind of growing following in the U.S. Yeah. now. So is it, is it, how cool is it to think about that it could be Parkland fuel going into these cars, although they maybe have more specialized. Oh boy. Yeah. Supply. I mean, but is there, is there a correlation there? Maybe one day we'll have a, um, some Parkland sponsorship on, uh, on one of these guys. <laughs> maybe that can oh. be your second title. Oh boy. Yeah. That, that would be fun. director of, uh, formula one sponsorships. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, wrapping this part up here, Lewis, when you look back, over your career. So let's fast forward far into the future. Um, what do you think you'll be most proud of in your career? I mean, honestly, uh, Ben, I, you know, I, it's kind of corny, but it's, it's making it in America, right? I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I like, I came from overseas. Um, I recently got my, uh, us citizenship actually this summer. Uh, so I'm congratulations. I'm, appreciate it. So I'm a proud American now. Obviously, I have my English roots, and I always will. But you know, hey, like I'm, you know, one of the one of the lucky people that you know is part of this great 
great country, mm. uh, you know, and, and part of the part. So making it in America is is the, the proudest part of my career. Beautiful. Great cherry on top, on top of this interview, Lewis. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, sir. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health, and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. Reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.